0: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com. You can find it there or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
2: This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to the Ben Maller Show podcast. It's me, Ben. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific right here on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Ben Maller Show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now, let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. The Green Machine Malfunction. Well, Come in the beginning of another edition of the Ben Maller Show. We are in the air everywhere, eyeball to eyeball, as we know that danger lurks around every corner. The Celtics learned about that, didn't they? Coast to coast, border to border, and beyond on the vast and uproariously powerful. Microphones of FSR emanating live from the circle, the winner's circle. That's where the heat are. We are broadcasting live from the tire rack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So there are many nights we walk into the studio and we're like, I don't know. know. Uh, What's going on? Uh, And then there's a few nights. It's kind of obvious. This would be one of those nights. Our lead coming from Pro Bouncy Ball, the never-ending NBA postseason, as they played their final game in the month of May. Don't worry. There'll be more games in June. Just a couple days away, but it's the moment that everyone was talking about. Game 7, Eastern Finals, everyone all dressed up. It was a coronation for the Celtics. They just had to show up, and they were going to be the first team in NBA history to close the deal. A historical comeback over the Miami Heat. And they were big favorites. They were at home. Everyone was all dolled up, ready to go. Memorial Day night madness in Boston. And then they had to play the game. Then they had to play the game, which is the problem. And if you didn't see it, you probably know by now what happened. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, had 28 points, but he was not even the story here. It was Caleb Martin. Who? Caleb Martin. Did not have him on my bingo card, but Caleb Martin added twenty-six points and the Heat burning, scolding hot, the Celtics there. 103 to 84 the final in a game that was dominated from the late stages of the second quarter to the end of the game. The fellas from South Beach get the win. So Miami, they did not trail after the early part of the first quarter. They led by as many as 23. And so a team that was the last one in in that Fugazi play-in tournament, and they are now representing the Eastern Conference of the NBA, a chance to win a championship. Game 7 was a garden party, but not for the home team. The better story, though, is in that losing locker room, so that is where we were going to go and let us discuss how did this happen. The question, who gets the bulk of the blame? we the Celtics blowing a golden opportunity in Game 7 after winning three games in a row, and then it came down to Game 7, and then a no-show performance. So I've got Jersey, Uncle, and Tebow, and we will combine all of these things together. We'll put them in the blender, and uh, we are going to make a nice dessert, which the Celtics can enjoy because they will not be playing basketball anytime soon. So, A, uh, you have to look at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's the obvious one. These guys did not step up. They stepped down. They're the ones that own the star dust in Boston, the powerhouse players. We've been told that. They've been given a bunch of accolades over recent years, and this was the big stage. You were watching. I was watching. And what did we see? What did we see? What are these all-NBA guys? Do. What do they do? Tatum and Brown. Well, it was a Jersey-like performance, as in Jersey Mike's, they grabbed a hoagie, they chowed down on a panic sandwich, and as we anticipated in a previous episode of the show, when you look at a Game 7, we love Game 7s because oftentimes it does not come down to who plays better. It comes down to who plays worse. And you saw early on Tatum and Brown, they had tight his syndrome. They chowed down on the panic sandwich. It was insubordination, had the tail between their legs. Now, Jason Tatum, some will give him a pass. The usual losers in the media, it wasn't his fault. He was stinged up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. He uh, Here's he his ankle. He stayed in the game. He stayed in the game. First offensive time down the court for the Celtics. He uh, came down awkwardly on the first offensive possession for Boston, but the fact that he stayed in the game, uh, you don't get a you don't get a pass on that. I don't give you, maybe other people will. I'm sure there'll be plenty of people, plenty of losers with microphones, dopes that have TV shows, and they're they're hipsters online. But he was not a difference maker. He wasn't, and this was a legendary moment for Jason Tatum. And all these same bozos, oh, you don't want to get a game seven with Jason Tatum at home. Stuff of legends. Uh, no. Uh. And then you got Jalen Brown, who was also shooting blanks. And Jalen Brown had 19 points. He managed to have eight turnovers. Uh, Tatum, by the way, had 14 points. You can Com- really caca it up. Yeah, well, they did. Uh, combined, they shot two of 13 from behind the arc. Jalen Brown guilty of non compliance with doing your job. Here is Jalen Brown following the loss, pointing out that there's a lot of people that the Celtics really, well, they just kind of blew it just a terrible game when my team needed me most like uh jt hurt his ankle first play of the game you know you could see it like swelling up on him and he couldn't move out there it was tough for him and you know my team turned to me to make plays and etc and i i came up short i failed i expected to win today and move on that's what my focus was on that's what my focus has been on we failed. i failed, and it's hard to think about anything else right now Yes, you are a failure. Congratulations. Would you like some cheese with your wine? Cheese and crackers. There, We have some, actually, in the cafeteria here at Fox Sports Radio. So the Celtics turned out to be all bark and no bite in the end. That's the story of this Celtic team. Maybe it'll be better next year. Maybe it'll be worse. Who knows? Now, the second page here. What? It's the big takeaway, though. What's the big takeaway from the Celtics losing the way they did? It wasn't a close game. It wasn't Jimmy Butler taking over in the final two minutes. No, the game was decided by the time the early part of the fourth quarter was going on. You could argue the game was decided midway through the third quarter, uh, that there was no reasonable expectation that Boston would come back. Now, the thing that I enjoy the most about this Game 7, the Mythbusters angle to it, All of the bullshoy that was being tossed out by the dum-dums in the media trying to explain what was going on when the Celtics had won a few games in a row, such as, one of my favorites, the Celtics bonded because they went to top golf. That's right. They had some, some drinks, and they were hitting golf balls, and that turned their entire playoff series around. That was a popular narrative that was being peddled by members of the Celtics. And, of course, Media dopes, love that kind of stuff. They were running wild with it. Uh, Jalen Brown, we just played a Jalen Brown soundbite. How about how dumb does he look? He had the warning. Remember his famous warning? Don't let us win one. Don't let us win one. Okay? Uh, How'd that go? Well, you won three. And right out the window, right out the window. Now, the person I actually genuinely feel bad for is Derek White. Because the Derek White game goes out the window. It is no longer an iconic moment in Boston sports because that tip in with a nanosecond on the clock in Miami, that fades away. The Celtics didn't even go to the NBA Finals. Forget winning the championship. And then the ultimate, the ultimate takeaway from the Celtics losing home court game number seven to Miami is Uncle as in Cry Uncle. All the nonsense by the morons. Moron. Momentum. Momentum. Uncle Mo. Woo. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. You and your momentum. Okay. The C's were all but guaranteed. They had one three in a row. They had all the momentum. Home court advantage. Robert Kraft was there. All the Boston celebrities were out. It was game seven. Jason Tatum, oh, man, everything was set up. And then Miami went out there, they grabbed a mop, and they mopped the floor with the Celtics is what they did. What happened to the momentum? I don't understand. There is no such thing as momentum in sports. You morons, stop with this. And, and Miami should have swept the Celtics by that standard, right? They had one three in a row. They had all the momentum. It doesn't exist. It's just something bring, people bring up at the end to explain the outcome or try to rationalize what they witnessed. But the Celtics, I mean, where have you gone? Bill Russell and Larry Bird and even Paul Pierce. The Celtics played 11 home games in the postseason this year and had a losing record on the parquet. Went 5-6 and six at home. At home in the postseason. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the 8 Celtics. Who overcame the Great Albatross, Doc Rivers, as their coach. That Celtic team with Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, all those guys together, they lost six home games during the entire regular season. This Celtic team this year lost six home games in the postseason. You gotta be joking. And so it destroys the the fairy tale of, of Derek White, as we mentioned. Uh also I, I gotta I gotta critique the Stan van Gundy here. So this game was a Freemasonry type game with a lot of missed shots. The Celtics were horrifically terrible from the outside. So Van Gundy attempted to spin and sugarcoat what we were all watching, clearly thinking everyone watching is a dope. He was in in my in my mind he was defending the Celtics when he said that the defensive intensity has picked up and. Maybe he should get some new glasses because I, when I was watching, maybe my TV was broken. I don't know. It's possible that's the case. But that's Fooey That's excuse making. I didn't think it was amazing defense by the Miami Heat. There were a lot of three-point shots. Many of them were open, and they missed them. Right? And they didn't even try to do anything else. Now, the last word here. Now that the series is over and Miami has been crowned the winner and they will take on the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals starting later this week, were the Miami Heat the more talented team in hindsight? The answer's still no. right? And this is a refresher course, though. There was a professor named Tebow, Tim Tebow who taught me years ago that talent is great, but all it does is give you a head start. gives you a head start. You still have to work hard, and and if you work harder than the other team, and the other team kind of goes through the motions and lollygags, that that team that works harder will win, and you also learned another lesson that you live by the three and you have nothing else. You have no other gear. You have one speed on the car. It's very hard to win a race when you have one speed, and you live by the three and you die by the three. The Celtics did not adapt, and this was a bit of Darwinism, Boston started this game 0-for-12 from downtown. It was a brick house, a dereliction of duties. They kept settling for three-point shots. God forbid you go to the basket. It's just the way the NBA's played these days, right? That's They can't change the way they play, and uh, the amount of time players will go into the painted area, and then rather than go up for a shot, they will turn around to throw the ball outside. Lob it 30 feet outside for a three-point shot. Uh, and, but player for player, you would still rather have the Celtics roster. The Heat become the first play-in team in uh, the brief history of that Fugazi tournament to make the NBA Finals, and Boston had a chance, but they're just another loser. And now it's 0 and 151 teams that had... Falling behind three games to none in a playoff series in NBA history. But Boston was not a great team in the playoffs. They played choppy all the way through. You knew when, when they played Atlanta, they didn't play particularly well consistently against Atlanta in that series. The Philly series, they had some games they didn't show up. But they're a total pop-a-shot type of team. And Miami's got Jimmy Butler and, with all due respect, a lot of flotsam and jetsam. But the flotsam and jetsam's work, And so... It's not because of heat culture. It's not because of that. They didn't suffocate, though, under pressure. There was no leaking gut syndrome there. Caleb Martin and Jimmy Butler were better on this night, in the moment, than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And those two combined, Martin and Butler, outscored Tatum and Brown by 21 points head-to-head. This was the Caleb Martin game. 11 of 16 from the floor, 10 rebounds. And um, 26 points, of silky smooth performance. Caleb Martin, I know. Who the hell is that? I don't know who the guy is either. It is the Bain Maller Show. If you would like to be part, the lines are open at 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. Also on Twitter, if you would like to be part, you can join the fun there, the Twitter machine is up and running, and send your message in. Very simple to do there, at Ben Mallor. Not verified, but I'm saving $8 a month, and I think that's worth it to save that $8 a month. It adds up over the course of time for sure. So of all people, someone that didn't play in the Eastern Finals, someone that does not in any way involved in the Eastern Conference Finals, Air Jordan catching strays because of what happened in the Eastern Finals What the heck is that all about? We will get to it, and we will do it next. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray, depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast, Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week – while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it, give it words, listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Mallard here. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the
2: win. Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of
0: the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex.
1: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many.
2: Terms and conditions apply. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: And our lead here coming from Pro Bouncy Ball. We'll get back to Game 7 in a bit as the Miami Heat clobber the Celtics in a game that wasn't close in the second half. Miami dominated the game, and so they will take on the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. The better story, though, is in Boston, as there's a lot of crap that's going to come out as the Celtics end up getting obliterated in Game 7 at home. Heads are going to roll more on that later, as Jason Tatum had the ankle game and was completely ineffective, and Jalen Brown unable to step up. But our lead... Coming from the carousel this hour, the coaching carousel, another seat has been filled on the merry-go-round, around and round and round and round goes the merry-go-round. Musical chairs. Nick Nurse, the nurse, is on call, has landed a new gig. Now, if you didn't hear yet, maybe not. Blind Scott called up last hour from Boston. He had no idea. We learned that the 76ers have scratched away the opening on the coaching staff, the Sixers have reached a agreement with Nick Nurse. Oh, Canada. He'll never have to buy a meal in Canada after the Raptors leading uh, their way to a championship a couple years ago. And uh, he is now the head coach in Philadelphia. The move comes five weeks, five weeks after the Raptors said bye-bye to the coach who was there when Kawhi Leonard made several circus shots and then ran off to the Clippers to retire. Uh, but 2019, NBA title, a coach of the year in 2020. So this, the latest domino to fall. Down go the dominoes. Down go the dominoes as teams try to reinvent the wheel at the coaching position. The Bucks agreeing to terms with somebody named Adrian Griffin. We're not sure who that is, but he was an assistant in Toronto, And he will be the head coach in Milwaukee. The Rockets hired Ime Udoka a few weeks ago. He's the guy that would have been coaching the Celtics, except uh, he couldn't keep the chastity belt on. The Suns, Raptors, and Pistons all have job openings. So if you're thinking about becoming an NBA head coach, you might want to contact one of those teams. So let's focus in, though, on the Nurse for a few good minutes here. Nick Nurse, now the head coach in Philly. So the question, put a letter grade on Nick Nurse. So I need a letter grade here. Put a letter grade on Nick Nurse getting the Sixers gig. So I am going to give Philadelphia a B plus on the Mallor report card. A B plus. I've got Leach, Reunion, and Palooza. And we will combine all of these things together, and we are going to make a... Steak sandwich. And I will put my cheesesteak sandwich up with anyone's cheesesteak sandwich. Now, I've been to Philadelphia, I've had the authentic cheesesteak sandwich, but my knockoff version, as good as the Philadelphia authentic version. And I, I can see the reason it's it's really good is because A, I have a griddle, and B, I learned from the great Tony Bruno who was the forefather of Fox Sports Radio, radio legend, the great Tony Bruno. All right, so number one. Number one. Nick Nurse is an upgrade. He is. He's an upgrade on the sidelines. That doesn't mean the Sixers are now the team to beat the Eastern Conference, but you no longer have a liability coaching your basketball team. You could not stand pat. You had to make a change. Philadelphia would have been better off if they had hired Hannibal Lecter than the guy that had been there. Why? Because Doc Rivers is guilty of quackery. He's not a real doctor. We know that. And he's not a real coach either. Uh, Not in big games. Not in big moments. And the Sixers were at the point of no return. Doc Rivers is the epitome of a coach who gets in the way. Now, we've been very consistent behind these powerful microphones of Fox Over the years, when it comes to basketball coaches, our position is very simple. An NBA coach doesn't matter that much. At any given time, there's two or three coaches that move the needle. Everyone else is just background noise. And the main job in pro bouncy ball is to stay out of the way. And that's the issue. When you get a guy like Doc Rivers, bad coaches start meddling. They start meddling, and as the Leach, Mr. Mike Leach, the late, great Mike Leach said and many other coaches before him, you are either coaching what is going on or you're allowing it to go on. So you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. And Doc Rivers, that's him in a nutshell. He allowed a lot of things to happen. It was it was always a case where Doc said, well, I, I'm not telling him to do this. I don't want them." to do But you're allowing it to happen, Doc, and the teams consistently – would vanish and fall into the quicksand. And so you assume things will be a little bit different with the new guy. The Raptors played with some guts, and they had players that overachieved in Toronto, but at the same time, let's be fair here, that the Toronto Raptors championship was a byproduct of snap, crackle, pop, that the Warriors imploded, Klay Thompson in particular, And you say the coulda, woulda, shoulda game is in play there, and uh, it's a much different story for Toronto if that does not happen. Now, secondly, Nick Nurse was said to be a finalist. He could have had either the Suns job or the Sixers job. So what was the selling point for Nick Nurse to do the arithmetic and decide that he wanted to be in the Delaware Valley rather than the Valley of the Sun? So what's the selling point for Nick Nurse? So the, the answer is one word. Nepotism is the answer. Right? This is a family reunion of sorts. Nick Nurse has a history. He's got a history. And it's, it's often we talk about going to college. And the main selling point of going to college is the fact that you get involved in a major university and people that go to that school hire people who graduated from that school. right? You go to Harvard and the... Titans of business are running major corporations. They have degrees from Harvard, and so they're more likely to hire you because you went to Harvard. They will give you a bias because of that, and it works anywhere. Like In my business, in the radio television business, it's Syracuse. There's a clear bias if you went to Syracuse because a lot of the people in the business went there, and they have diplomas from Syracuse, and so it's easier for them to – to move up a lot of the hacks that do this for a living went to Syracuse but the answer is nepotism it's 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 that common bond and Nick Nurse has a history with Daryl Morey the Sixers president of basketball operations they worked together in Houston when nobody knew who the hell Nick Nurse was he was coaching a G League team and then he went off to coach Toronto as an assistant a decade ago And now here we are, we come full circle, and he's back. It's not what you know, it's who you know. He felt comfortable with Daryl Morey, and the idea that he picked Joel Embiid over Devin Booker, I don't know about that one. I I mean, big picture, eh, that seems like a stretch, right? Devin Booker's a choke artist also. Devin Booker has authored back-to-back close out game, blowout losses at home. So he's got his own stank on him, Devin Booker. Joel Embiid's got a different kind of stank on him. They both got stank. There's a lot of stank. Uh, now, big picture, though. You change coaches to energize your fan base. Obviously, ultimately, you want to win more, and it goes without saying. But this Nick Nurse hire will create what I call temporary optimism for the jaded Philadelphia sports fan. Everything will be sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops until people start paying attention again to the Sixers, which will be what? Next April, when the playoffs start, April of 2024. Final point. Is the Sixers' window of opportunity open or closed in the Eastern Conference? So the answer to that question, it is still open. Yes, I'm going, yes, it is open. It is not closed. It would be foolish to write off Philadelphia. Now, they've got major issues they've got to overcome. But I'm going to tell you why you can't write off the Sixers. If you look around the landscape in the Eastern Conference, there is no juggernaut. There have been teams that were supposed to be a juggernaut. Like, for example, Milwaukee, when they won, people said, this is just the beginning for the Greek freak. And now we've learned the Greek freak doesn't even believe that there's winners and losers in sports which is fascinating. Uh, You've got the Celtics, who have been abject failures here. They lost in the NBA Finals last year. They gagged here, had a losing record at home this year. There is no dominant team. There's no supernova. It's a level playing field, and it's the dreaded parody palooza. The parody palooza, you've got several teams that are considered good but not great. There's a lot of B-minus teams, a lot of B-plus teams mixed together, and on any given day or any given four out of 7 days a team like the Miami Heat could conceivably win but there's good teams but they're not great teams and as a result you have had a rotation you had the Miami Heat the Celtics the Bucks all change places leading the Eastern Conference now the Heat are back up in the east that the window is absolutely open there is a bit of a fog in the air, and the Eastern Conference right now, is it's like playing Yahtzee. You're rolling dice. It's a dice game. Giannis, Tatum, Butler taking turns. So far, Joel Embiid has not had a seat at the grown-ups table. And Embiid, it, it would would help, and, and you know, what, what do I know? I just do the overnight show around here, but it would I would think it would help Joel Embiid to stop vanishing in plain sight in big moments. That that would, but but again, I mean, maybe that's too too harsh, and I'm just nitpicking, expecting a great player to dominate. Look, Jason Tatum, people expected him to dominate, and how did that turn out? Yeah, not uh, not good, not particularly good. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is.
4: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: you to catch live editions of The Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Oh, what a story it is, and a story it will continue to be. Our lead this hour coming from the site of the crime the Boston Celtics all set up pro bouncy ball will circle back to the Eastern Conference Finals we talked about it earlier in our number 1 but it's worthy of a re uh a rebroadcast not a rebroadcast We're going to talk about some different things here but a uh, a look from a different perspective at game 7 so this was a non competitive matchup the Miami Heat did not suck at a time they were supposed to suck Instead, that was the Celtics that were on the wrong end. The Seas were no match for the guys from South Beach. The Heat led by as many as 23 points. And now they have picked the Joker in the deck as Nikola Jokic. And the Nuggets will be the matchup in the finals starting on Thursday. So we've got to get through a couple more days, and then the NBA Finals will be here. Now, meanwhile, as we said, don't bury the lead, my man. The story here is outstanding outstanding, flogging a dead leprechaun, if you will, as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the two stars, the two-headed monster for Boston, failed splendidly. Now, Jason Tatum in particular had a real stinker in this game. He tweaked his ankle early on, and that has led to a great debate whether or not Jason Tatum's injury clears him of any wrongdoing in Game 7. So let us discuss the question, does Jason Tatum get a hall pass after tweaking his ankle and the Celtics go on to lose Game 7? So I am shaking my head, no! I've got Ronald mcdonald Tanakton and Sticker Shock. And we will combine all of these things together and we will make a nice long vacation, which is what these Celtics have. While the NBA finals are going on, they can enjoy their nice long vacation. So, uh, first of all, we do not give out hall passes, mulligans, whatever you want to call it. Jason Tatum had another golden opportunity. Now, he's had some moments where he stepped up. This was not one of them. The stage was all decorated, right? From right to left, it was all decorated. Jason Tatum could have written another chapter in his storybook. He wrote a chapter, but it's the kind of a chapter you don't want to read because it gives you heartburn. And listen to Tatum here as he talked about the ankle. The ankle, the ankle, the ankle. He got hurt on the first play. The Celtics had the ball, and uh, here's Tatum explaining the situation. It was just frustrating that I was kind of like a shell of myself. It's tough to move. Uh, You know, it was just frustrating, especially, you know, on the first play. He's frustrating. He seems very mellow. He always seems mellow. Doesn't seem too worked up about anything. Jason Tatum. But I, I said, listen, this is a chance for him. He had the pen. And he could have written his name into the storybook. The NBA is filled with these type of moments where you overcome some supposed great adversity and they make documentaries about it. They celebrate it. It's the so-and-so game. It's the Kobe food poisoning game. Or was it the flu game? Or was it the Jordan food poisoning game? Or was it the Jordan flu game? Uh, And you can go on and on. And this was going to be the Jason Tatum ankle game. Jason Tatum comes out. And in a parallel universe, Tatum dinged up. Toss some dirt on it, tapes it up, and he goes Hercules. Big and burly star player for the Celtics. He puts the whole team on his back for the magic carpet ride on a biblical scale. Tatum goes out. He has 45 points, 21 rebounds, 15 assists, a triple-double, and Boston punches their ticket to the NBA Finals. Did any of that happen? I'm asking for a friend. Did any of that happen? Uh, No. Not even a cheap counterfeit version. There's a phrase that goes back to the 1600s that would apply to Jason Tatum. He was as quiet as a church mouse. Tatum had 14 points. 14 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists on 5 of 13 shooting. And for much of the early part of the game, he was merely a decoy. He was on decoy duty. And he made sure not to intervene with the baptism of Jimmy Butler and the Heat going back to the NBA Finals, the only noise he made, the only noise he made was when he was doing the cosplay as Ronald McDonald's buddy Tatum playing the role of Grimace, as TNT showed him multiple times, and he had he wasn't wearing a purple outfit, but he did have the the Grimace look on his face. So this was an opportunity rather than overcome the injury and. Have a significant performance. Have your moment, not not the greatest moment because not the NBA Finals, but to get to the Finals, to win an Eastern Conference Game 7. Tatum succumbed to the ankle issue, and he was unsatisfactory, withering in the agony of not only defeat but of the ankle, and to think that the guy that was the hero, this was going to be the Jason Tatum ankle game, and instead it turns out to be the Caleb Martin game. Who? undrafted. The guy went to a couple of colleges, Nevada and NC State. He bounced around the sewer of the NBA, the G League with the Sioux Sioux Falls Sky Force, something called the Greensboro Swarm of the G League. That guy was better in the moment than big badass Jason Tatum. He was! Caleb Martin was everything Jason Tatum was supposed to be in Game 7, he was. All right, now turning the page. Will let him play Joe Missoula lose his job as the coach of the Celtics? So we anticipate there'll be a cooling-off period. There'll be some meetings in the next couple of days, and the Celtics will say, eh, we want Joe back, we trust Joe Missoula and all that. But deep down, when calmer heads prevail... I say Joe Mazzullo's gone. He's going to need some tough acting to act in because he is suffering as a coach from Jokic on the sidelines. There is upheaval. And the timeouts, the debauchery with the timeouts in the playoffs against the 76ers, the no-show against Atlanta in a couple of those games that were winnable games there that they lost even though they won the series. And so there's a lot of misfiring going on.
2: At the
3: That's right. It was emasculating. It was emasculating to watch Joe Missoula get completely zonked on the sidelines, but not surprising. It wasn't surprising. You should have been hanging out with our guy Paul, who called up last hour from his sports bar, hanging out there having a cold brewski in Charlotte, North Carolina. But he, he was utterly inept. And I, coaches don't make that big a deal, but they can hurt you. And it certainly appeared on this side of the microphone like Joe Missoula was a net negative, not a net positive. And in that regard, he doesn't have a resume. He doesn't have a reputation. That's the kind of coach that gets fired. You got to have a fall guy. You got to have a fall guy. And Joe Mazzulla is as good as anyone else to be the fall guy. Simply overmatched, not ready. This is not a on-the-job training situation. This is If y'all a got a crew, you got to have a fall guy. Yeah. Think about this like a probationary period. You didn't make it off probation. That's it. That's just the way it is. It would be a symbolic move. Coaching is not imperative in the NBA, as we just pointed out. Uh, you have a bad apple, and that can undermine a lot. And it certainly appeared Joe Mizzoula didn't know what the hell he was doing. And he uh, got very, very testy. In fact, he said something after the game. We don't have the soundbite, unfortunately. But Mizzoula was asked I'm paraphrasing. He was asked about whether the Celtics took too many three point shots. They were not going in. The three point shot was not going in. Uh, and that is an understatement. Uh, they were missing from here, there, and everywhere. Uh, you get a miss, you get a miss. You get to miss. The Celtics started 0 for 12 from three-point range, and it didn't get much better after that. And So, Missoula was asked about whether or not they should should have gone to something else, like maybe shoot two-point shots, and he said no. He was very dismissive, like, how dare you, and all that. All right, Uh, final thought. What are the odds that Boston unloads one of the big two, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? So Tatum, I see there's no scenario other than some kind of scandal that Jason Tatum is moved. Barring some kind of untort scandal, Tatum's going to be there. He's the linchpin for the franchise, the pride and joy of this era of Celtics basketball. They will not give up his talents. So then it becomes a question of whether or not Jalen Brown is moved. I am going to set the odds on Jalen Brown being relocated from the Celtics, at minus 300. I believe there's a 75% chance that Jalen Brown played his last game as a Celtic in the game that was played on Monday night, on the holiday. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The Celtics are going to have to make a couple of changes because they have not been able to get over the hump. Now, you can... Get rid of Al Horford. Again, they've already done that. You could do that. You could get rid of some secondary players. But the easier move when you put all of the different scenarios in play is to get rid of Jalen Brown. He's got a big price tag. There's some major sticker shock. He was all NBA second team. That means that this summer, which begins now for the Celtics, that Jalen Brown is eligible for a five-year deal for $300 million. You combine that with Tatum, who's also got a $300 million deal that he's going to get, and that's that's $600 million. Now, the owners of the Celtics can afford it, but the players play a similar style of game, Tatum and Jalen Brown. So it's a bit redundant to have those two players as both being max players and because they're so so much alike. And, and to give both a super max would be risky business. Plus... Jalen Brown has openly belly ached about not liking Boston, not enjoying living there, not liking playing for the Celtics. He's bitched about that. So the smart money says if the guy's not really happy there, why would you give him $300 million? Now, he'd take the money. Doesn't mean he's going to be happy, but he'd take the money. So I think it's more likely he ends up on the auctioning block. He's an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So we can crank up the old trade machine and you're going to hear all kinds of chatter about Jalen Brown going to the Trailblazers for Dame Lillard or Brown to Washington for Bradley Beal. How about to the Suns for some combination of DeAndre Ayton and something else, Jalen Brown to Memphis. How about a Ja Morant for Jalen Brown trade? Would the Celtics consider that with all the baggage that Ja Morant has? He's a better player than Jalen Brown, but would you consider making that move? The other... Thing to keep in mind here when you talk about the Celtics is all of the dirty laundry, and I'm looking forward to that. We we had a caller earlier. We talked about it, and everyone's going to be pointing fingers at everyone else. It ain't my fault. It's so and so's fault. If it wasn't for so and so, it wasn't for Joe Mazzulla. We would have been fine. Would have been fine. All the things that would not have seen the light of day will now see the light of day. They will see the light of day because of losing. And uh, no one wants culpability. Nobody wants responsibility. So they'll start pointing the finger over here. You'll get off-the-record comments. And I'm here for all that. Get me the buttered popcorn, and I'm good to go.
1: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio, season nine. Love Love at first first listen. listen.